Ever wonder why we relate and connect to stories around us? Welcome to the DNA Podcast, a show where we discuss books, movies, and entertainment that help us understand who we really are. I'm Dakota. And I'm Annabella. Let's dive into our DNA. All right, before we even start this episode, we're going to give you three hints, and if you can't guess it, you're fired. Ready? Evan Peters. Oh, there's so many good ones. Polaroid. Ooh, wah. Good one. Bad pork chops. <laughs> oh, God. Ew. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Well, that being said, welcome to another fun little bonus episode of the DNA podcast. You know what I also realized? I don't think we ever introduce like ourselves. I know people who know us know our oh, own voices. yeah. But in case you guys don't know or you haven't figured it out yet, I'm Dakota. And I'm Annabella. So now you know, and we will probably never do that again because we'll nope. forget. Nope. Yep, nope. We're not going to do it, but that's okay. It's been set. <laughs> so... There has been a lot of ideas that we've had before we get into season two that we're like, well, should we just hold it until the next season? And there's some things that we're like, nah, we can make it a fun bonus episode in between and stay a little more timely. And I think we wanted to push this out around Halloween, but then life got busy. It happens. It's all good. But today we're talking about a series that has had a lot of controversy. Mm -hmm. It's had a lot of issues surrounding it. But aside from that, we are talking about the Netflix limited series, which also I realize is not a limited series, and I will go into that in a little bit, um, but we're talking about Dahmer today. Oh, yeah, we are. Mr. Evan Peters, the best, in my opinion, Dahmer that has been played. Yeah. And I've Dahmer. watched all of the things Dahmer. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, so you were probably very well versed in Jeffrey Dahmer as a serial oh, yeah. killer. Yes. Um, all of the things. Also, just like probably from school and like studying oh, yeah. criminal justice, you just yep. learned a lot in psychology. I really did not know a lot, if I'm being honest. I knew oh my God, obviously. Really? Yeah, not really. I mean, I knew like he ate people and I knew that he was a serial killer. And that was it. That's all I knew. Yeah. I no, did not yeah, know yeah. much else about anything. So. Here we go. Let's um, dive into just what Dahmer is about. Across more than a decade, 17 teen boys and young men were murdered by convicted killer Jeffrey Dahmer. How did he evade arrest for so long? Evan Peters, Richard Jenkins, and Niecy Nash star in this crime drama series, executive produced by Peters and Ryan Murphy. So the same guy who produced American Horror Story. Ah, I didn't know that one. That makes really good sense because of the, the way it was filmed. I totally see it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I just discovered that I don't know if you knew, but I literally just figured this out like an hour before we were going to record because I was trying to look up the controversy and like what people specifically said. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Dahmer is a part of what's called the Monster Anthology franchise. So this is a part of the franchise which aims to tell the stories of other monstrous figures who have impacted society. And after the success of Dahmer... They've actually been greenlit to, I think, create two more seasons, which are going to be on two different people. Oh. Yes. Interesting. There's a lot. Do you want to touch on the controversy? Do you know about a lot of the... I'm assuming you have to know about a lot of... Yeah. The wall. Yes. So I feel like they did an... I loved the series in terms of how it was filmed. I appreciated it a lot. thought it was spectacular. As... I'm comparing it to the most recent one, which was My Friend Dahmer, which was absolutely terrible. Have you seen that one? Really? No. Oh, God. I watched that one and I was like, 
what that wasn't even fucking good like it was so stupid that was about his like teenage life right like him in high school right which i felt like should have been way more telling which should have set up so much more it did nothing but yeah there was a lot of controversy and i think that although this caused a lot of drama in social media and things like that i think it actually highlighted a lot of topics that were never really talked about back in the day are still not really talked about nowadays and you know what i think it was portrayed perfectly because it shows the impact it finally associated all of these little issues that we never fucking talk about in our life and our daily society and things like that and actually attributed it and connected it to a specific issue and incident that created you know huge ripple effects in our society today and a huge impact and caused literally the murders of 17 fucking boys like mm. let's talk about it but i do appreciate the fact that they started off the series backwards which oh, yeah. i wasn't expecting them to do they show you his last victim and the victim that got away and you're just like oh 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 and it kind of shows you like where he was at towards the end prior to arrest but then it slowly each episode unfolds the actual progression of Dahmer who he was as a person why he kind of is the way that he is the the multiple killings the process the methodology the intent the logic the planning things like that whereas people felt like it wasn't highlighted as much it just means you're not paying attention because mm-hmm. I felt like this series was filmed in a way to portray his story in a not so telling way specifically. Like they didn't want to just be like, boom, here are the cards on the table. He killed 17 people. This one was on this date. He did X, Y, and Z to him, blah, blah, blah. They didn't want to be rigid and and statistical with it. They wanted it to be an emotional experience for the viewer to watch. And mm-hmm. A roller coaster ride for you to be like, oh my God, is he going to do it again? Oh, fuck, he did it again. Oh my God, is he going to do it? Oh, fuck, he did it again. So that's just my little caveat that I just went down. Sorry, or caveat that my little soapbox. What's it? Soapbox. There we go. I have to be totally honest. Um, I did not want to watch this at all. Really? I did, I did not. I felt very strongly, and I had a really, it was a hard discussion, but I had a good discussion about it that forced me to like think a lot and Mm. it plays into i think what the big themes that this series touches on so ryan murphy said that he claims that he contacted all the families and got no response and then relied on his researchers to portray their stories and then some Mm -hmm. of the families have said that they were never reached out to and they only found out when it was actually publicized that it was happening And also, obviously, the families are not getting paid for any of this. That's just a given. We knew that. So I took a little snippet from an article that I said where it says, despite the creator's intentions of exposing Dahmer's unconsciousable crimes and illuminating how his victims were failed by the systemic racism and institutional failures of the police, the show's huge viewership didn't come without an equal helping of controversy, which I think is true. Um, And I do think that after watching it, I did learn a lot that I didn't know. For example, I didn't realize that all of the victims that he targeted were of, you know, minority descent. There were some of them that were children. And I also didn't know, but I like I wasn't surprised about kind of even where he targeted people. And 
the show claims like in his portrayal that he wasn't doing it on purpose. Um, but it's no coincidence that he's targeting people like in low income neighborhoods where the police aren't really like patrolling because crime happens there and mm -hmm. whatever. And it also mm -hmm. was a time period where there was tension between, you know, the black population and police still is today. But like I said, I didn't really want to watch it. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll watch it. Cause regardless, everybody's talking about it. Right. And it sounds like it's interesting. I tend to like serial killer stuff, but this is like about an actual person that existed mm, and did damage. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, let's watch it. But I actually got into a very <laughs> heated debate about the ethics of watching this and oh, okay. about if I really felt so strongly against, you know, protecting the, the victim's families or advocating for them, I wouldn't have watched it in the first place. And I'm just kind of contributing to a bigger role that America has and like our weird obsession with serial killers. Like it was, it was a very important discussion that I had, but it was like, it kind of was eye opening and it was kind of true, but I do digress and, and I do come to the conclusion that after watching it, I feel a little bit better informed. The only thing that I felt kind of icky about is I didn't realize this was going to be a part of like an actual franchise. So I'm like kind of nervous to see like who else yeah. they bring oh, into Oh, I probably it. already know who they're fucking going to line up. There's, there's that, there's like a line of them in that whole generation. It's, it's all the same fucking people. It's the BTK killer, John Wayne Gacy. It's that whole era of them. That's probably going to be, you know, but yeah, I agree. I felt like an internal battle watching this. It was so hard for me because I didn't want to watch it. And then I watched it and I felt a little bit more informed and enlightened. And obviously, I don't know how much of it was true. I'm sure yeah, like yeah. A, a, a good fraction and portion of it was, I'm sure, truth. But it's also entertainment. So I'm sure it's also like fabricated in some ways. It certainly makes you root for the victims. It makes you identify with them and like, you know what you're watching. So like, you know what's going to happen and it just kind of makes you more angry. Right. It. But regardless, it does not make you like him. And obviously, especially as he gets worse, but he, he builds like this weird ego that I think a lot of yeah. serial killers build. And that also is attributed to the fact that like the American population was making comics of him and sending him love letters. And it's like, why would anybody do that? So yeah, man. I learned a lot. That's that's like the main takeaway that I got from this. Is I, I learned a lot. I also was so surprised. And I'm, I don't know if you feel this way. Maybe you're just used to it because of like all the studies that you did in college. Knowing what we know now, I just, and I don't mean this in an offensive way. It is just crazy to me how easy it was to just oh, like yeah. kill that many people. And people were just like happy to go with strangers and not worried about their drinks getting spiked. Mm -hmm. Like it's crazy to think that there was a time like that where we weren't so self-aware. Even the first episode, like this, the scenes, I'm like, red flag, red flag, red flag. Oh my God, red flag. And even if you didn't tell me it was Jeffrey Dahmer, if that was just some random guy right. at a gay bar, I would have been like, that's sketchy as hell. So yeah, I think that this was finally a spectacular depiction of how what we used to call the quote unquote, it, it was the good old days, right? The, yeah. the, the era yeah. of, you know, you came back inside when the streetlights turned on. You, you, your yeah, mom, right. didn't, you didn't have a cell phone. You were trusted to just go play in the street and be back by dinner. You, it, it's that type of stuff. So this whole entire era really, I felt like was finally depicted in a way where the negative sides of that were, were truly shown because like you can speak to anybody like our parents or boomers 
mm-hmm. and no, like, oh, shit wasn't like that when we were kids. Oh, it wasn't like that when we were kids. And I used to get so annoyed with my mom. She would tell me these crazy mm. stories of what she used to do as a kid. And I'm like, Ma, you wouldn't even let me out the house. And she goes, times are fucking different. And it's because of this entire era and the wild negative shit that finally did go down because of this trusted quote unquote of the good good old days that kind of led us to where we are now it's stuff like the Dahmer the John Wayne Gacy the so many other fucking things that have happened throughout this time period that slowly but surely peeled away at that self-awareness that we have now where we're hyper vigilant where you get a knock on the door and your first response isn't oh it's probably so we have company yeah so excited now it's it's who the fuck's here like like it's a defense mode because now we've generalized everyone being a villain whereas before nobody it now it's guilty until proven innocent whereas before it was innocent until until proven guilty you know what i'm saying very good point yeah our our defenses as a society are so up but in some way, it's justified because, I mean, you look at the series like this. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer was one person and he killed 17 fucking people and was a molester and was just absolutely appalling of a human being. And there's, in my opinion, there's only a certain level of, oh, well, he was brought up or, oh, he was, you know, neglected as a child. Like, I'm sorry, you are your own person. And there were tons of people, which... I feel like only some of them were portrayed in the in the show. There were tons of people, some of which did advocate and being like, "Hey, something is up with this guy." And then a lot of people who just like let him off the hook and were just like, "Yeah, it's okay, dude. You made a mistake." It's hard to be like sympathetic towards somebody like that. Right, right. I also just think that if we're going to start from day 1, mom was on fucking drugs while he's in the womb. That's let's like get that out there. Plus probably drinking plus probably smoking because they already depicted her doing that. So off the bat, whether they studied his fucking brain or not, because I know they cremated it, we probably know there was definitely some type of developmental issues that arise probably mentally, maybe on different levels, whatever it might be. But we can almost ascertain that 100%. Second, she's a fucking psychopath. (laughs) Literally, I've never seen a mom depicted in a movie and or in real life that was that cray cray other than precious's mom in the movie precious like literally she's the other only other villain i've ever seen like be that crazy as a mom so terrible parenting where his only safe haven was most of the time his father and his father was most of the time not there because unavailable because of the mom the whole thing so we have a kid who is already experiencing trauma from the womb comes into this world and is in an extremely toxic and violent environment and his first probably experience of like dopamine and in the brain was a decomposing animal right where does that set you up for the rest of your life as like a parent if you feel like your child is an outcast Anything they express interest in, you kind of just want to encourage it, right? You want to be like, oh, cool, like find a hobby, find something that you're passionate about. Um, I think that does not count for roadkill. Hunting yeah. would be better. Hunting would yeah. be better because yeah. that's like at least purposeful in a way. Not that it really should be a joke, but it's kind of always like a joke where it's like, oh, well, like if a kid's like torturing animals, like they're going to grow up to be a serial killer. And it's like he wasn't torturing them. He was just playing with dead animals. And like, that's weird. 
Uh, yeah. In Throughout those experiences with the animals, he developed his first instances of validation and love from his father. And a bonding experience over doing this act, which gave him additional validation. And reinforcement and, that it was good. Right. So hello, like from day one, homeboy's not really in a good spot. He doesn't know how to love and communicate properly. For me, it, it it's so ex- it's it's it explains itself, and I get like really baffled at how people were like, "How did this happen?" And you're just like, "What do you it's mean? How did this written happen?" Written on the wall. Yeah, like hello. From there's clinical studies nowadays that the reason why things are addictive is because of that instant dopamine surge that we get. You literally, that's why they say, don't look at your phone the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up because that's your first dopamine trigger. So the rest of your day, you're going to want to repeat that trigger. Literally me because I work from home. Oh my God. Right. And so now apply this to this scenario. We don't have cell phones. Homeboy didn't have buddies to play with. He didn't have friends. He had a sibling that was like fucking whatever. It's fine. Psychotic mother, distant father, roadkill was the outlet. And then it's reinforced by the father as a bonding experience. And then over time, as he develops sexually, this first instance of dopamine spikes now sexual arousal. And he has sexual arousal towards organs. I mean, like, it, it's all written there for me. Like, I just, yeah. it's not that hard to explain. No. And after he decides to like masturbate for the first time to the thought of the the organs in his hands and whatever he may have been doing the other like when he was gutting the animal again it's it's a it's an act with the dopamine response which creates a cycle so that first time he probably saw the organs and was like ooh oh these make me feel nice okay but he never acted on it or and connected the day, it to the yeah correct and so it was just the usual dopamine response fine whatever but now in a sexually aroused state with dopamine triggering the idea of thinking about the organs, performing the act of masturbating and then orgasming reinforced the thought and dopamine response from him thinking about the organs, thus setting us up for now no longer animal targets, but human because there's a sexual aspect to it. Thank God you went to school for this. I like did not think of any of this whatsoever. I mean, it makes sense. Like, it's not like I was. I was like, oh, why is he doing that? Oh, that's right. disgusting. Like, clearly, this right. dude was messed up from day yeah. one. Yeah, day zero. I mean, literally yeah. messed up, set up for failure. But it it makes sense. It it adds up for me, even from like a story perspective and my background. It is extremely hard to watch something where the main character has like no idea identifiable qualities there is no Mm. there is no reason for us to be rooting for him especially knowing what we know so and i'm not saying that that's like an issue that i have i'm just saying it makes it very complicated to tell that story because it begs the question why am i watching this right like if i don't if i want this person to fail which maybe that's why i'm watching it but like if i don't seek any feeling other than like the only thing I can maybe tie it to and it just feels wrong saying this, it's like the the feeling of wanting to be accepted is universal. <sighs> um, 
yeah. There's there's that, but it's it's like it that is such a very thin, thin, thin thing to connect to in this series because it's just like you there you can't justify wanting to fit in with what you've done to all these people and yeah. how many lives you've ruined. So that I felt like was really, really hard for me to like connect to because I'm like, why am I rooting for this guy? I'm rooting for Glenda because she is the one who's actually being proactive and it's like there's something wrong here. Again though, ah, because in the time period of the good old days, there was such a thing as like the good old boys type thing. It was that pro-male yeah. society, which like we get it. We've we've grown from there. But if you were a white heterosexual male, you were dominant. But this is, again, a perfect depiction of how not just Dahmer any white male in society back then in those good old days it was very much so like oh it's this like bro status Slap quo on the wrist. yeah, no yeah like oh buddy you're a good kid da 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 we'll wipe it from your record next time blah 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 if it was an african american kid or any of those other minority groups they would have been tossed up in jail yeah absolutely i think in general too naturally when you work in a field like um, police, firemen, EMT, any of that kind of stuff. When you're when you're faced with trauma on the daily, you're naturally going to have like a camaraderie with your coworkers and your partners oh, yeah. because oh, yeah. you have to. You have to stick together, and I understand that. But I get really upset with the protection when something is so clearly wrong the way you handled something and it's like oh but we're buddies come on like what do you mean it's like you should still your buddy should be the one holding you accountable and we still see that today i mean with a a, a bunch of tragedies it's so frustrating because it's like that camaraderie and that protection of each other caused a lot of pain and suffering that i don't think they were really ever held accountable for there's so many layers to this issue right Uh, there's political socioeconomic i mean what have you psychological mental physical like there's so many layers of uh, to this issue there is a huge aspect that he even talks about himself it's the controlled validation so if he can control his environment which like any any control freak perfectionist like that's just one of your qualities control equals safety safety equal happiness happiness equal no anxiety no pain no nothing no sadness blah 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 that aspect of control has the same response for all humans. When you control something, you feel safe because you determine the outcomes. So that's exactly what he did throughout the entirety of the series with all 17 subjects. He controlled their ability to leave. He controlled their ability to exist in his lifetime and exist within their lifetimes, which for him creates this some some type i don't understand some type of validation that they're there with him and with nobody else and also delivering some type of sexual pleasure and desire that again is feeding into his self-validating fucking narrative he's got going in his head that what he's doing is okay because he's doing it (laughs) yeah and i feel like he was just almost coerced in a way like he was just encouraged to keep doing it i mean like you said when he was first going to that one trial and they were like oh it's fine like you seem like a good kid we're not gonna like let this affect you or whatever yeah okay first of all what the hell second of all his dad enabling his behaviors people not sticking up 
are speaking up in the right instances when something doesn't feel right. And then people who are silenced who were speaking up, like there, there's just a lot of things that just made this a perfect disaster. So that being said, like you have all this like trauma, right? And you have, this was a lot of people's horrible reality, right? And do you think it's ethical to create entertainment that's based on people's real trauma without like their knowingness or their consent? No, I don't think it's ethical that they did this. I think that they should have at least gotten some type of approval from the from the victims because at the end of the day, these are the, their people's stories being exploited for entertainment. So unfortunately, we live in a really shallow society. Yeah. And not everybody's going to watch this and have a conversation like you and I are about this because what's shitty is that the entertainment industry both wants people to have these conversations because it sparks more inspiration and ideas around topics that can overall, you know, lead to sometimes solutions, but it's also entertainment. And so there's going to be people who just watch it for mere pleasure, who don't have the conversations, who don't talk about the shitty things that went wrong here during this time period, how we can fix them today, all the things. Mm -hmm. So it's tough because there's an ethical battle in the idea that it does make money, but there's also a positive value to it that it can display a lot of issues and it can create conversation. So I think one of the main things that is often talked about, like when I was in school, like specifically with documentary filmmaking is, you know, where is that line between what you're filming is an invasion and then exposing truth. And Mm. there is a line that, not it's very hard to define and it's ultimately up to the creator to decide and unfortunately everybody else to judge and but that's the whole point i think of creation though is you create things to evoke feelings you create pieces uh to connect with people to inform people to create more understanding and do i think that they did this in the long run yeah because i can say i learned and i took a lot away from this that i didn't know beforehand but i really agree with what you said in the fact that not a lot of people are going to have conversations about this like this you know and i hope that people listen to this do think internally and have some self reflection of by watching things like this like we do contribute to a bigger issue which we touched on about america's weird obsession with serial killers and exploiting them for entertainment for whatever fucking reason and i think it does go a little bit deeper than i just love psychology because you've studied psychology and criminal justice and like you have educated responses to this like you just explained his whole psychology in like two minutes um and you're not And you're not like... Listen, disclaimer, I don't do anything in the psychology field now. That was just an educated guess. No, but either way, like you have like the education and the degree to unpack that without being like, oh my God, it was so good. Evan Peters was so hot. I'm going to like dress up as as, uh, Dahmer for Halloween, which which is what a lot of American culture does. There's a lot of trauma that our country and our world has faced that it's important for us to know. Like we just have to know it so we don't make the same mistake, right? Yeah. But like you said, where is the line between this is entertainment versus I want people to know about this? Right. The category of the I just want people to know about this is less touched upon. We have an attraction as an American nation. Like name the last time you turned the news on and it wasn't like fucking six children burning down in a building. Everything is negative. And in my opinion... It's because we have that same exact programming. As a kid, wake up, 
I walk downstairs. Boom. Television is on. My dad's watching the news. First immediate instance of dopamine in the brain in the morning, negative news. So what are we attracted to as an entire American culture? The negativity. It, it literally intrigues us to the point that we create money-making schemes off of people's suffering. Bruh, like I feel like this, this is what I'm talking about. And I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think it's an important one. And are people going to listen to this and be like, bitch, it's a Netflix show. Chill out. Probably. Yeah. But yeah. it does beg these conversations because I do think America and our society has a huge issue with sensationalizing trauma and hiding it under the guise of like, oh, like we just want you to expose for what really happened. And it's at the end of the day, it's yeah. all for, for the green. It's all for money. Right. Oh, yeah. And that's what we value and for greed. And that's that's where I came from, where I was I felt very hesitant watching this because I felt like I was contributing to something that I didn't believe in. And not that I had like an existential crisis over this. I mean, it's, it's a fucking Netflix series, but it, it does bring up really good points about our society and yeah. what we idolize and why do we idolize this and what we should be focusing on more. One of the other things I think I wanted to talk about throughout watching the film, I personally think he would have had a very different outcome if he had a normal mother. I think that a lot of this all stems from a subconscious abandonment issue. And I think although the taxidermy stuff made his killings potentially worse because he understood how to do all these things, I do still think he would have had the discovery for liking organs in a sexual manner regardless. And then I put in parentheses the tadpole experience. I feel like that's the very first sign of like, mm, something ain't right in there, boy. Why are you looking at them tadpoles like that? Well, not even that, but just the action of him capturing something, presenting them to somebody that you look up to. So like his mm-hmm. teacher and finding out that that person not only didn't really accept it, but gave it to somebody else who doesn't accept you. And then also he just walked into that person's house. What the fuck was that about? Um, and just took it back and then whatever. But that I think just attributes to what you were saying earlier. It's just like, that's like the very early hints of him trying to figure out what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. He just like internalized it. And then that was it. All right. Another one. I think that the homosexuality of Jeffrey Dahmer may have stemmed from the abandonment of his father. And that is why he specifically craved control of men. Yeah. I mean, that's like a deep, psychological question for a licensed therapist to unpack right but yeah, yeah i mean it's it's definitely makes sense and it but it's weird though you would think too that a lot of like serial killers or killers in general who like specifically target women tend to have yeah. issues with their mom and he had issues yeah. with both sides so as like his killings get worse and things progress further and further and he starts having more frequent victims there's obviously substance abuse throughout the entire process but specifically alcohol oh yeah and you see his alcoholism kind of really heavily start taking off towards the end and so i said i believe that the alcoholism is actually an indication of remorse if you need to intoxicate yourself to the point of blacking out that that means there's an aspect of disgust in the act that you're doing that you don't want to be fully present for it I'm so glad you brought that up because I totally, I didn't write this down, but I forgot that I wanted to talk about this because in the beginning, 
he shows remorse. Like he knows he didn't want to do it and it was a quote unquote accident. Like he gets right. like visibly upset. He tries to yeah. like bring yeah. the person back saying like, stop, stop joking around. And then there's just this random shift where all of a sudden he doesn't have remorse anymore. It's just something he does. Is this just a psychological thing where you continuously do something even though you know it's wrong, but because it's releasing that positive chemical response in your brain, it becomes addictive and you keep doing it? I Well, okay. So like the first killing of the hiker boy, he accidentally hits the kid with the plate, a weight plate, bashes his fucking skull in and is very remorseful at the at the fact because one he's an he's ingrained in a regular american society that you don't murder people and that there are consequences but in the immediate surrounding moments knowing that he's alone he jolts into fight or flight mode so after realizing okay homeboy's dead I got to do something about this or else I am going to be penalized, which I don't want, which will cause less validation from my family, more disgust from my family, more separation, more isolation, more all of the negative things. His brain goes fight or flight. Okay, so what's he doing? He's fucking fighting. He didn't flight. Flight would have been leaving the body, getting the F out and escaping the situation. Whereas fighting the situation was what he chose to do, which was literally chopping up the body, burning it smashing the bones who the fuck does that other than an individual who is so afraid of the repercussion that at such a young age went to such drastic measures to dispose of this any other normal fucking kid would have like put the body in the car drove it somewhere fled the scene but something yeah exactly Unfortunately, we have the preceding fucking ideas that he loves taxidermy. He knows how to break apart fucking animals and gut them and do all the things. So, like, we have this knowledge, though. So, like, he's already not a normal kid. He already has all these weird skills on gutting and biology and how to decompose shit and whatever. So he's like, not only am I fight or flighting, I got to fight through this. I got to do it quick. But he's like, I'm going to do it in a way that I like. Because because I know how, and that's the other issue. So for him, he's like, fuck yeah, this is a an experiment that I get to do at home with a human, something I've never done before. I already got to get rid of the body. I got to fight or flight this. This is not an option. We got to go. Like, let's fucking do it. And so it happens. And what happens? He doesn't get in trouble. He doesn't get caught. And so there's that, like... Rush almost. Ever- yeah. Like, like adrenaline of like, oh, I'm not getting caught doing it. Like Exactly. It, there's an excitement. There's like this like, ooh, you're constantly at the edge of your seat, but he know he got away with it. And so it's like that first time people who do literal drugs, they say they're always chasing that first high. He's constantly chasing that high because he know he's not getting caught and he keeps not getting caught every fucking time. So that high just keeps getting better and better and better. And they get sloppier and sloppier and sloppier, which leads me to my last point. That although one got away, I think that he would have finally gotten caught somewhere in the very near future because throughout all this, you, you keep not getting caught. There is definitely an aspect of narcissism throughout this entire thing where they think, oh, I'm on top of the world. No one can touch me. That you become so out of control that eventually you're going to bite your own fucking tongue. And that's 
what I think personally would have happened if this specific victim didn't get away. Yeah. I mean, it had to eventually. I mean, you described it perfectly. It makes sense. It's a disgusting truth, but it's, it's what it is. I have a question for you. Did you find any symbolism in the day of his baptism and John Wayne Gacy's death and the eclipse? Like, would you, are you into that woo-woo shit? Like, yeah, well, I, I don't know if the eclipse was, was legit in terms of like that same day. Do you know if that was factual? You know what? I'm a fucking fact checker. I believe the John Wayne Gacy, him dying and him being reborn through Christ. I think that literally did happen on the same day. Do I think there was, yeah, I think that there was, of course, symbolism there. It's like the rebirth and renewal of a new person. And, you know, whether that's one person dying, one person being, you know, spiritually rebirthed, and then the crossing over of the solar eclipse, it's a new beginning. To me, I don't think Jeffrey Dahmer deep down in his twisted fucked up brain I think to him he thought it was like a scapegoat on the surface he was like oh well if that's what I can do then I want to do that and like he believed it deep deep down I think he was just a guy who was constantly trying to save his own ass and he already Mm. got caught so for him him believing in something bigger than himself which was weird considering his like narcissistic tendencies you would think he thought of himself as a god but he kind of did for a little bit and then yeah resulted to religion so i think that's what it was just trying to symbolize was like the rebirth of a new person he's changed did i buy it no i don't think regardless like let's say he lived out a couple more months i think that religion for a lot of people is a coping mechanism yeah for some people it can be just as addictive as whatever they're trying to escape from as well exactly exactly and i think that there's the aspect of like community that he has so been fucking longing for his whole life and then he sees these masses that he's going to or whatever services he's going to while in prison you see him being a part of it there is a bit of a community there and just like Sitting there, you're finally in a place with individuals around you who can, to some level, resonate with what you might be feeling internally while being incarcerated for such heinous crimes. And you're sitting in a room of people now who are all coming together for a single purpose of religion. And I think that for him, he took this as an opportunity to finally find some type of validation in his life in a healthy way, whether he would have lived out being like a fucking good Christian, whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he was doing it for the the aspect of validation to finally feel something in a quote unquote healthy way. Yeah. But I did fact check. It did happen. And during the timing where John Wayne Gacy and Dahmer, Gacy was killed, Dahmer was baptized. It was 80 to 90% visible during the time period, during like that exact time. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. I think that it's symbolic of good and evil. I, I, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I think that at the end of this entire story, there's a moment of two evils leaving this earth and an eclipse being a rebirth into a new time period. And it's funny because, you know, he is baptized, right? And he is quote unquote born again in Christ. There's this aspect of good coming into the world, but being balanced by a negative leaving. But at the end of the day, the evil that was within Dahmer still got taken out by another prisoner by who murdered him like shortly after. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah. Where God sometimes tries to balance the earth and balance, you know, the good and evil in our world. Like sometimes <laughs> that human interjection just says, nope, sorry. The universe is, is a crazy fucking thing. It really is. Like I... I know, like, you spiritually believe in, like, God and a higher power. I I consider myself a spiritual person. Like, in terms of what religion I identify with, I don't really have yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is whatever. But I just sometimes things happen like that where everything is perfectly aligned in a moment that you're just like, what? This has to be a deeper meaning. And that's the thing. Like, I think that our human experience sometimes, like, us as humans – we constantly crave the answers to things, right? Like we're sitting yeah. here on a podcast talking about a serial killer that's way far gone. Like why? Because we want answers. Yeah. Like we want to talk about shit that's not discovered and like whatever. And I think an aspect of that played out in the death of Dahmer because at the end of the day, he's there, he's convicted, he's serving his time. He's no one's saying he's innocent, but it's this pull that we have as humans to be like, no, fuck you. You did something wrong. Justice needs to be served. We need to fix the issue. We need to blah, blah, blah. That that's what ultimately brought him to his demise. And it's funny because it's at a moment in time that he's finally like, all right, well, I'm going to let it. I'm going to let my peace go. Like I'm obviously going to rot here in prison. So I'm going to try to do it in, in, a, in a way that I can, you know, pe peacefully live out my time not causing any more problems and then it's that weird pull of like okay did god smite him or did hum humanity smite him mm. i think it's a little bit of both yeah this got hot and heavy yeah it did sorry about that <laughs> so let's say overall rating what do we do out of five <laughs> it's been so long i forgot i know no out of five what are you rating it i think i'm gonna go 3.5 <gasps> that's what i was gonna say tilapia Tilapia. Do I think the average person is going to take a lot away from this? No. No. I do think that discussions like the ones we just had are very, very important. And quite honestly, I feel like we've barely scratched the surface oh, of things. Barely. If you guys want us to do another serial killer, let us know in the little Spotify question bar or interact with us on Instagram. There was a, a whole generation of serial killers that we can literally talk about and we can break it down and we could talk about societal issues and we could talk about the deep, hot and heavy things that... Maybe let them get away with it and, and what we can do today. And you know what? I think it's important to have episodes like this that are hot and heavy. And even ones that you will come out next after this is a little bit more of a fun, lighthearted episode that talks about us as co-hosts and who we are and personality. Yeah. So we would like to know what you like to hear. But yeah, overall, would I recommend this to somebody to watch? Maybe I, I think I would just recommend somebody to listen to our podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah. I would just save them some time. Also, disclaimer, I'm not a psychology professor. I have a psychology degree, yes, and I haven't practiced psychology. So please don't come at me. Thank you. <laughs> you're more smart than I am. So, Or you're I just, smarter? Uh, yeah. I like know. if I used dopamine incorrectly, don't fucking come at me. Like we're just, we're, I'm chatting with my best friend, okay? Take everything with a grain of salt. These are our opinions. These are our thoughts that we've arrived at. And me and Dakota are on the same wavelength, uh, as you'll find out next episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Because we have very similar personalities. Well, that being said, make sure you're subscribed to us on wherever you get your podcast from, because we will be dropping that next fun bonus episode. I don't know when, but shortly after this, I think. So Make sure you follow us on social media and you can even, if you like listening to podcasts on YouTube, I know that there's a market out there for it. We're on YouTube. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we are. DNA podcast. You can find us on YouTube. Listen and subscribe, comment, 
please feel free to, you know, reach out and let us know your thoughts and give us a rating on your favorite platform. We really appreciate it. So, well, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. We hope today's episode makes you feel a little bit more connected to your true self. Don't forget to follow the DNA podcast on Instagram so you never miss another episode. Until next time.